Welcome to Hazel and Katniss and Harry and Star, a young adult literature podcast, their film and television adaptations, and everything in between. I'm Joe. And I'm Brenna. And our show is created on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee, the Huron-Wendat, and the Anishinaabe, on lands connected to the Toronto Purchase Treaty 13 of 1805. And on the Tecumloops Tesuetmik territory within the unceded traditional lands of Suetmik Ulu. And today's text, The Map of Tiny Perfect Things, is set in Lexington, a suburb of Boston which is the home of the Pawtucket and Massachusetts people. The film was shot in Fairhope, Alabama, which is the home of the Muscogee Creek people. Yes. Not that you would ever know, because no. white, 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 Oh, white. good lord, so white, so aggressively white. In fact, the only person of color in the movie adaptation just gets pushed into the pool all the time. Oh, I uh, guess there's the guy playing piano. Well, and there's also his best friend who plays Oh my video god, games. I totally forgot about that character. Well, the reason that you forgot about him is because none of these characters matter unless no. they're the two leads. Yeah, so this is... This is a mini-sode, but it is a movie based on a short story. So we did do our homework and we read the short story as well, right, Joe? We sure did. So this is a short story by Lev Grossman, and the title is the same. It was from an anthology called Summer Days and Summer Nights. And then Grossman adapts his own story as a screenwriter, and the film is directed by Ian Samuels. And Brenna, we have actually talked about Ian Samuels before, Mm -hmm. because he is the director of previous episode, Sierra Burgess is a Loser. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Do you remember that one? Vaguely. (laughs) (laughs) That was uh, one of those ones where she pretends to be somebody else so that she can write Oh, it was our Cyrano de Bergerac episode. Correct, yes. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So this short story is in this collection that's edited by Stephanie Perkins. And we've Mm -hmm. actually talked about Stephanie Perkins' edited collection before because she has one with almost an identical cover of Christmas stories. (laughs) We talked about, I think, two Christmases ago. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think it's called My True Love Gave to Me. Okay. You know, these collections are designed to be eminently giftable, right? Mm -hmm. This is totally something your mom picks up because she sees it at the store and you guys are going on summer vacation and she needs you to read something while you're gone. Right. And here's, what, like 13 different authors so you can get a flavor for each of them. And if you like any of them, you can go out and read any of their own individual works. Yeah, and Lev Grossman is probably best known for writing The Magicians, which Correct. I think is also a TV adaptation that is very popular, yes? Yes. Uh... Do you like how I sound like an 80-year-old man sometimes? <laughs> <laughs> I hear there's a program on the television. <laughs> <laughs> Those fancy intertubes, yeah. <laughs> I have seen The Magicians. I would be interested in covering this if only because I aggressively hated large portions of the tv adaptation and i really didn't like that first book so okay Okay. i know it has a lot of fans though and i've heard that the tv show gets quite a bit better in the later seasons but as a result of that series which i almost know nothing about i have always associated lev grossman with sort of epic fantasy i don't know if that's correct or not so when joe told me that we were going to do this very realist slash super realist (laughs) little show little uh, tv show that was based on a short story by lev grossman i was intrigued i really liked the short story actually okay so i don't know we're gonna kind of talk about them together right i think the main difference between the two is just scope really Mm -hmm. more than anything the plot of both is the same basically uh our protagonist 
whose name is Mark. Marcus. Mark. Just Marcus? Mark. Just Mark. Just Mark. Okay. Anyway, so our protagonist is Mark, and he wakes up one day, August 4th to be exact, and then he wakes up the next day, and it's also August 4th. Mm -hmm. If this sounds a lot like Groundhog Day, both the short story and the film are very aware, and they draw their own parallels to the Bill Murray film Groundhog Day at the same time, mm -hmm. uh, which is why I guess it was fitting that it came out in February. <laughs> It's interesting. At the beginning of both film and short story, he's kind of okay with it. Like, he's not actively trying to get out of this time anomaly that he mm -hmm. has found himself in. Or even really to understand how it came about. Like, he's curious, but he's also yeah. just kind of wandering about enjoying himself, even though yeah. it's potentially been thousands of August 4ths. <laughs> yeah, we don't really have any sense of how many times he's done this. Mm -mm. And everything changes, the sort of the critical moment is that uh, he sees a girl who he hasn't seen before in mm -hmm. the place where he is, which of course means that she also must be trapped in this time anomaly because yeah. she's the only person who's not just repeating her actions. Like he can also not repeat his actions, but everybody else does. Mm -hmm. Her name is Margaret and they start to hang out together. They start to collect all the perfect moments in the community as they sort of repeat the day over and over again. So things like a skateboarder landing a particularly sick move mm -hmm. or ducks crossing the road. I like that one in the film version. I thought that was really cutely done. So they go out and seek these moments and they sort of develop this hypothesis that if they can find all the perfect moments, the next day will start. But yes. really what's mm -hmm. happening is that Mark is not the protagonist of this story. Shocker. He doesn't know that. Yeah, and I actually really liked that. I thought that was a really cool... He's actually just like a bit character. He's gotten stuck in the time anomaly, but the time anomaly has nothing to do with him. No, it has everything to do with Margaret. Yeah, Margaret's mom is dying of cancer, and she has wished for time to stop because the next day is going to be her mom's last day. And so time has stopped. And I really enjoyed that as a gimmick in the story, not the cancer, but this idea that like you think that the story is about you, but actually it's about somebody else and you're just kind of collateral damage in it. I thought that was a really effective storytelling technique here. Mm -hmm. And it's nicely drawn out in the film as well. So in the film, Mark is played by Kyle Allen and Margaret is played by Catherine Newton. And we very much follow Mark. Like we follow mm -hmm. him for probably two thirds of the film as he negotiates the space he starts to fall in love with margaret they have a near kiss that doesn't happen in the book that happens in the film to spur a little bit of extra conflict but the whole idea is that he's falling in love with margaret she seems to be falling in love with him but she's mm -hmm. also evasive she gets mysterious phone calls from a jared that he assumes because he's a teenage boy is mm -hmm. her ex or her boyfriend that she just doesn't want to talk about. And what is revealed over time is actually that Margaret has a lot more things going on and mm -hmm. Mark doesn't. Mark has yes. just been coasting through life, not giving anyone any kind of attention. He's very much a teenage boy who is living in his own narrative and not paying attention to like the people around him. So it's fun to see that. And then the film takes it that extra step by then in the last act switching so it becomes Margaret's yeah. vocalization. And it's her story at that point. And that's when you get the reveal. And I like it in the short story, but I actually think it works better in the film because you can switch subjectivities and really get everything through her perspective at that point. Yeah, it makes the film so much more dynamic too. And it's also 
something that hmm, kind of separates this film from other YA stories because we're so used to being in the sort of mopey, ego-centered uh, teenage boy's brain for these mm -hmm. kinds of stories. So it's neat to make the swap and make the swap to a character who she is falling in love with Mark. Like that part's true, yep. but it's also the least important thing in her world <laughs> right now. Yeah. And I liked that dynamic. I thought it was really powerful and interesting. Which is interesting because when I read, uh, I read a couple of reviews, this film got mostly good reviews, although, of course, folks who are not as steeped in YA as you and I, Brenna, they mm -hmm. basically said the same thing as the ultimate playlist of noise, the other film that we covered a little bit earlier last month where they said, oh, it's just kind of rote YA stuff. You know, it's boy and girl meet, they fall in love, they learn treacly lessons and learn to live in the moment. And I thought, sure, yes, it is all of those things. But one review in particular for Roger Ebert lambasted the film saying, well, why aren't we following the more interesting character, which is Margaret? And I thought, oh, okay, you have missed the point of this. <laughs> yeah. But... It was fascinating to me because I think you can't argue that this film is filled with tropes and then not acknowledge that changing the subjectivity and your yes. primary character midway through to the more interesting character for the big, almost twisty reveal at the end that it's her story, she's the one who created this anomaly. Like, I thought it was fascinating that a critic didn't see that as novel. It's a massive subversion of the tropes. It's what works best in both the story and the film. Not that the subjectivity changes in the story, but just the idea that you aren't always the main character in the story you're telling about your life. Mm -hmm. And I also think, like, not to be a mom, but that's a pretty powerful lesson for teenagers to oh, learn. Yes. You're not always the protagonist. I feel like a lot of adults could benefit from relearning Ooh, yeah. this lesson or maybe learning it for the very first time. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely true. Absolutely true. I will say, even though there are a lot of very familiar elements in both the short story, like the way that Grossman writes it to privilege mm -hmm. the fun that these two have, and then, of course, the film maximizes that by setting it to things like music and having mm -hmm. montage sequences, and it's all very mm -hmm. playful and romantic. I did appreciate the messaging about living in the moment. Mm -hmm. So these same ideas were actually explored recently in another film called Palm Springs with Andy Samberg and Kristen Malati. And that film got a lot of welcome reception last year. So it's two people who meet at a wedding and realize that they are both stuck in this time anomaly. But that film, because it's adult, actually ends up taking things to a much darker degree like to the point where they try to die by suicide multiple different ways just because they know they can't be killed oh and i thought it was fascinating that in this story the map of tiny perfect things we never see them experiment with that kind of stuff they don't no. do drugs they don't rob a bank they don't try to die by suicide or kill someone else knowing that there aren't those kinds of implications and I thought that that was appropriate. Like when you're thinking about YA, this toes that line in a very respectful way. Well, it makes sense too, right? Because ultimately they do want their lives to start. Right. They sort of trade off between each other about who is more eager. At first you assume that Margaret is the one who wants to get out of this because she has a life, like she has plans. She actually knows what she wants to be when she grows up, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I love the fact in the movie that she's like, I want to be a NASA scientist. Yes. This is a STEM girl, Brenna. 
Yes, it is. And that idea that she's going to teach him math, like he's supposed to be in summer school for math. So she's going to teach him math while they're mm-hmm. just stuck in this time anomaly because he's going to need to know it eventually, right? So yeah. there's this idea of she's on the forward trajectory. So there's a scene, they decide to see if crossing the international date line, that's yes. the closest they get to anything in extreme, right? Mm-hmm. So they book a plane ticket and they try to cross the international date line. And Margaret bolts. And yeah. that's when we start to realize that she's got something else going on and that it's not just a boy, right? His first thought is like, oh, it's that Jared guy. Like, <laughs> no. Mm, no. <laughs> oh, Mark. Oh, Mark. <laughs> you know, these are characters who are at the beginning of their lives and they're trapped in this moment just before everything begins, which is a very different dynamic than in something like Groundhog Day, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's more mm-hmm. about the repetitive nature of middle age in late capitalism, ultimately, right? right? <laughs> yeah, this is like your life can't even begin because you're you're too young to have started it. And I yes. love the fact that they use the analogy that initially they think, oh, everyone else is sleeping and we're the only ones who are awake. And then they realize by virtue of being stuck in time, they are the ones who are asleep and everyone else mm-hmm. is moving on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even if they don't get to move on, they are working towards something in a way that neither Mark nor Margaret are anymore, right? Mm-hmm. And you sort of begin to drop out of society at that point. And so, yeah, I really like it. I liked both. I thought they were both really sweet. There were aspects of it that kind of made me roll my eyes. There are a lot of sort of tropey beats as the yes. as you progress through the film in particular, but they're all redeemed for me by that subversion mm-hmm. with Margaret's big reveal. Yeah. One of the things that bothered me a little bit about the film is that because it is so focused on just the two of them, everybody else feels like they're not even supporting characters. This is a two-person film. Yes. But with that said, there's a surprising energy to the film. Mm -hmm. Samuels directs this with a lot of visual flourishes. Like this film opens with a long take, which means that there's no edits It's a very cool scene. Yeah, and it's just, it really very quickly and easily introduces you to how often Mark has undergone this opening morning routine because he is doing the most fantastical things. And the fact that they shoot it this way makes it exciting for us. It gives the film a big boost right off the top. Mm -hmm. And I think in that way... The film is pretty smart at how it uses these two actors, how it doesn't overstay its welcome, even though it is hitting those familiar beats, even though I would have liked to have gotten a bit more insight into who these characters are, explored a little bit more about Mm -hmm. the families. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. the mom and the cancer twist is played like a twist to the point where I groaned when I was like, oh God, it's a cancer thing. Yeah, it's much better in the short story, I think. Um, it's tricky. I saw the film first and then read the short story, and I found that it plays about as well in both Mm. for me, which is to say, I like the switch to Margaret in the film, and I like the reveal that it's her anomaly the whole time. But like in the book, there's a really hammy moment where she says, I think I was just waiting for someone to fall in love with, and that's why you're here. And I just thought, oof. Yeah, that part's pretty rough. (laughs) (laughs) But I thought the reveal of the cancer was more subtle and interesting. In both versions, you find out because Mark tails her. Mm -hmm. But it's a lot less, I don't know, it's more about Mark's embarrassment that he's sort of stumbled into this very private moment and his Mm. recognition that he's misunderstood the whole thing in the short story rather than being sort of set up as a cancer scene in the film, which it really is. Yeah. Yeah, and her mom, of course, exists to give her 
inspirational messages that you would maybe see on somebody's house like when you walked in you're like a print where it's like oh capture every day live for every moment you're just like (laughs) yeah it's ableist i mean it really is right anytime you use a sick character to like progress the narrative you're playing into some pretty old tropes yeah 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 but all things considered i thought this is better than i expected Oh, it's way better than I expected. When you suggested, I was like, oh, jeepers, an Amazon Prime YA movie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in that case, maybe we should give credit to both Andrew and Max, our listeners who asked us to consider this film. So kudos to them. Thank you, Andrew and Max. I wasn't rolling my eyes at you, just at the concept of Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) We always look for recommendations and we value them, even if sometimes it does feel like you folks are maybe out to punish us a little bit. (laughs) time not this time we were pleasantly surprised there we go. and i'm glad we took the time to read the short story i did the weird thing where i watched half the movie then read the short story then watched the rest of the movie uh, okay just because my life is stupid sure. and so it was a strange experience but i do think i think it's worth reading the short story the narrative is interesting the storytelling is well done mm-hmm. and i'm curious now about grossman in a way that i frankly wasn't before so from the perspective uh. of why these kinds of ya anthologies exist which is marketing it did its job there we go okay yeah. well maybe you are a converted fan now well we'll see i gotta read something more than like a 25 page short story joe right okay <laughs> uh do you want to do some ya bingo for this Oh, yes. Yes, I do. Bingo. Not a good bingo. Okay. Why a bingo for the map of tiny perfect things? The title has got to go. Joe, can I just say that? We haven't talked about this. The first thing I texted you was this is the stupidest title I've ever heard. Yeah, I was uh, I was not a fan. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. These cutesy titles, like an object plus a prepositional phrase titles, they got to mm. go. I'm done with them. Yeah, if you can put it into some kind of calculator and spit out a title, (laughs) then you know that you've hit a problem. And also, in the same vein, I will say boo to this poster, which is once again, coming from the school of John Green, and I am done with it. What a woof. What a woof. Oh, actually, sorry. (laughs) Before, because I just saw the the bingo card, I just want to say one thing I appreciate about the film is... Well, and the short story, frankly. Mm -hmm. Everything seemed to be leading up to a manic pixie dream, Margaret. Yes. And when that didn't happen, I was very relieved. Yes. A very firm agree. Yeah. She gets to have her own life. It's great. It's fantastic. Okay. Here's my bingo picks. Ableism for the uh, sick lady plot device. Mm -hmm. Uh, Montage. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. For sure. Perfect date. I think they have several of them, but particularly in the film, the gym set up to be like the moon. Oh, yes. Oh, boy. If you're going to do one, like, classic YA tropey kind of thing, it's like, (laughs) I spent all day setting up for this perfect date that we then just drive a bicycle through. That we somehow set up in a... I have a lot of questions. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Oh, the fact that they don't get arrested at any point in this movie? Very confusing. (laughs) Very confusing. They're stealing construction equipment. (laughs) I actually will say something that the book does, I think, a little bit better than the film, or the story does a little bit better than the film, is... In the film, they often stop acting like they're in a time anomaly and start acting like they're invisible. Yes, that is a like very the record weird thing. store scene in particular. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you whispering weird things at people? Like, you still exist in the world. Anyway, okay. You can't go through the back of a kitchen and just deliver food to people or drink yes. their drinks. And the waitress just looks like it's normal. I don't know. Everything about that scene was very strange. It's very confusing. Yeah. 
I, so I guess we could call it borrowed time in yes, this case. I Is it so borrowed too. time if you just have too much of it? <laughs> I think so too. Yeah. Okay. And I think musicality, I actually think music is done really well in the film adaptation. Oh, yes. Uh, although, again, I would prefer if we could stop using M83 songs <laughs> to be like, this is a really Never! significant moment. That's how you know. <laughs> That's how you know what to feel. Yeah. No, for sure. So I'm going to put in magic and supernatural because this oh, is yeah. an unorthodox Oops. situation. It is. It's true. It doesn't feel like it, though, does it? It still feels like I called it a contemporary realist YA off the top. To me, it still feels like one, even though they're clearly in some sort of supernatural device. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I guess it's because ultimately the time anomaly is secondary to everything else that's happening. It is. It's true. Yeah. I'm going to add the chosen one, even Mm. though there's a nice subversion of that. And we learned that Margaret is really the chosen one. Mm -hmm. And... I think that's it. Yeah. Unless we want to say, do we want to say hollow friendship or good friendship for this relationship that he has with his person of color friend whose name, honestly, I can't be bothered to remember because he is not a character? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think we even know enough about the friendship to know if it's hollow. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, I enjoyed it though. I think it's worth watching. If you haven't checked it out yet, folks, it'll, you know, it's a really pleasant couple of hours of your time and you won't regret spending time with it i don't think yeah no agreed it didn't give us the bingo that we're looking for but no, it didn't. uh you know what it was time well spent i gotta say in a pandemic the best thing i can say about any property is you're not gonna regret that you spent time with us <laughs> what, uh, no what i think that's life? very fair i know it is but i feel like that's that means something about the moment that we're in it's my highest praise. <laughs> you know what? Let's take what we can get and just be happy for it. That's true. All right. <laughs> Joe, what are we talking about next week? Well, hopefully people are still trucking along and reading Are You There, God? It's me, Margaret, for Book Club. Unfortunately, we are going to be a little bit delayed. So if you haven't started reading, the time is still now. But for next week, we're going to touch base with a few things that we have been reading and watching. So we're going to do a little bit of a homework update, as well as a forecast for March and April. So anticipated books that we're looking forward to. Hold lists at the ready, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So that's what we're going to be doing next week, a forecast and homework update. If you want to get in touch with us between uh, now and the book club episode about Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, strongly encourage you to do so. You know, you don't have to wait till you finish. You can just let us know where you're at and what you're thinking. Mm -hmm. You can find us on Twitter at HKHSPod or on the hashtag HKHSPod. Or if you have longer thoughts you want to share with us for book club, HKHSPod at gmail.com is the email. Joe, if they want to reach out to you directly, how do they do that? I am at Beast on my remote, and that's the letter B. And I'm at Brenna C. Gray. That's Gray with an A. And yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Until next time, I'll see you on the page. And I will see you on the screen. (laughs) 